Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. You should celebrate yourself every day, but some days you should celebrate with jewelry. Whether you want to commemorate an unforgettable moment or just bring some added sparkle to your collection, Blue Nile can offer you expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com today and experience the ease and convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com. BlueNile.com. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. You're back, Rory Barnes. Back, the return of the Barnes. I am. Barnaby's oh back. Rory Van Barnaby. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> yeah, couldn't stay away. Oh, how you been? What's been happening? Oh, all right, be better. <laughs> I know. Well, I mean, the reason we kind of we thought we'd do this podcast is because of current world events. Yes. And what that means for the music industry and all that kind of yeah, stuff. Everyone involved, really. Yeah. I mean, Free- freelancers and bands and. It, yeah, I mean, it's kind of hitting everyone it's not yeah. really sparing any victims no i think um everyone's in the same boat and you can i think people are slowly realizing that rather than looking at it selfishly edinburgh's always been a tight-knit music scene but i think it's very obvious now more than ever how tight-knit they are i mean i was saying earlier like our facebook timelines and instagram stories and everything's just with clogged up with sneaky Pete's. just like everyone's sporting them which is class because i mean sneaky Pete's is a staple bit of edinburgh yeah, because they're doing that as a crowdfund for their staff. Yeah, it's not even like so they can... I mean, I'm sure it will cover um, basic costs that they can't get away with not paying, but, I mean, it's really just to pay for their staff. Yeah, well, I mean, the issue is they can't get insurance, can they? Yeah, exactly. Until, but what is it the government have to force them to close? Yeah. For them to be able to claim off the insurance? Yeah, exactly. And they're, not, they're an independent venue, unlike like others in Edinburgh there who are owned by like big corporate companies, like Sneakies is on its own really it's just Nick and his team so the fact that so many people have been willing to pay like even small money is like so useful for them if everyone chips in a little bit it kind of yeah it's just like any any sort of crowdfunder like one pound to a hundred pounds and it makes a difference how long have they been in there how long has Sneaky Pete's been like a a thing in Edinburgh I don't know I mean I've only been in Edinburgh for four years and now or coming there. up so it's been there ever since but I think it's like 20 years or something but as Sneaky Pete so yeah yeah or maybe a bit less maybe 10 I don't know I think it's been there's been a venue in there for from quite a while yeah like 90s at least I think yeah at least probably similar to Tuts when was Tuts 90, 1990 I think wasn't it was it a, yeah, it was yeah, a 30 it was year anniversary yeah, wasn't it yeah, yeah. Tuts as well obviously they're DF, but I mean, that's not exactly like everything's going to shit there as well. So, Thank you. yeah, I mean, any venue's probably going to be yeah, just struggling a bit fucked. Yeah, but I mean, it's not just like venues; it's like everything, like gig photographers. Yeah, definitely. But just like bands and even like non-music related stuff, like pub, like pubs, restaurants, just like small businesses, like cafes and stuff everything's a bit up in the air no one really knows what they should be doing so yeah well you see the thing on this morning i did not with bojo's dad <laughs> no oh and he's yeah, like oh, he's I'm, a... still, I'm still gonna go down the pub anyway yeah even though that's exactly what but he's advised well one of my pals works in a pub and they were saying that it's pretty dead at the moment but the only folk coming in are older people yeah kind of people who don't watch or don't believe anything that people are saying 
it's just like you're the do you not think that's more of our generation more of our, our generational type thing people not believe in the government I feel like the old people are kind of a bit more I feel like yeah but also like our generation's so obsessed with social media that I mean you see one thing online and like you get worried about it or stressed about it because the way it's written or like presented online so like coronavirus on the internet is like this horrible thing and it is it's brutal but it's like it's been trending every day on twitter i think yeah last while. and but i mean it's just like everything's negative about it whereas like there's a few things now that's popping up that are that is positive and it's like um the water in venice is now like clean is for it? the first time yeah yeah that, um, have you been to venice never but i want to go now but. i went and it wasn't very clean the yeah. water wasn't yeah clean, but it's like tasty. you couldn't see anything but now you can see like fish and everything can you actually yeah, yeah. i remember i went on a gondola and it was all pretty mucky yeah it's still lovely lovely in the sunshine cruising down i want to go back to my point just then about saying i want to go now i want to go once this is all over not like right now <laughs> even i mean yeah. now would be a good time to go because i imagine yeah. it'd be fairly quiet and fairly yeah. cheap cheap flights that's for sure no but um yeah there's a few positive things it's like uh the last coronavirus hospital in China has been shut down because they don't have enough patients. And like, do you think it could? I mean, yeah. Do you think it could be a bit premature though? Yeah, I mean, there's... But you don't want to close it down and then suddenly someone flies back into China who has coronavirus and it. Yeah, takes yeah, all that's off true. But I mean, that's to make a that's a just turning a, a a good thing into a bad thing, isn't it? But, you know me, I'm very pessimistic yeah. about everything. Yeah, but I mean, it's good. It's like the number of people in. Korea as well like the daily amount of people coming back with like positive results for coronavirus has dropped so less people are coming positive but then to look at it in your view it could just mean that everyone's got it so <laughs> the less people but I mean in situations like this you got to try and look at it positively and look at the outcome which is hard. Well, but we were speaking about this earlier it's hard to tell when this is all gonna come to a close. Yeah it's exactly. very uncertain. We're obviously cancelling shows, both of us at the moment, yeah. and looking to reschedule, and it's when do you reschedule a show for? Yeah, it's like, you see everyone kind of, there's a few people I saw online rescheduling shows for like September time. I was thinking stuff. August, September, yeah. But I mean, it could be like next year, or there was something saying like, this could be around for like 18 months. 18 months is fucking ages. <laughs> like, that's a very long time. 18 months is longer than I've been doing Vinny Society. Exactly. That's like, that's scary, because you've got like such a like a, a an image and a name in the music now and that's like it's like swim school i haven't been a band for 18 months yeah and you look at Different them now like, I mean, they've been like a year yeah you're about so it's just like i mean that's just one example it's just scary it's like the amount of stuff you can do in 18 months is ridiculous but what the, were you doing a year and a half ago oh god well yeah I, i'd still be in uni i mean still in uni now but Ten- a year. technically yeah this well yeah not physically but um they're in spirit a year and a half ago. What what month was a year and a half ago? A year and a half ago would have been... What's the month before October? September 2018. I would have just started uni. September 2018. I think I might have been doing a tour with Only the Poets. Like my first proper tour. That's pretty good. I think so. But then what you've done since in the last 18 yeah, months. Like I wouldn't have even imagined being in the position where I was <laughs> a few weeks ago. Mental. At the same time, yeah, quite scary. How are the, the how many shows do you end up doing with Twin? Only the two, unfortunately. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But I mean, two shows working with one of like Scotland's most well known and biggest, biggest exports, probably. Yeah, it's is pretty like mental. Twin, Biffy, and France were another probably kind of the biggest of the world. Yeah, there's three few. like statement bands, I would say. Deacon Blue in there as well, if you want. Yeah, I mean they're a bit a bit older though. <laughs> that kind of genre of music as well, like the genre of music we both love. Like they're kind of the three big bands. Yeah, I've particularly I'm quite partial to a bit of Franz Ferdinand. I feel like they get a bit overlooked sometimes. Oh yeah, you just listen to a couple of tunes, whereas they've actually got those first a three albums are fucking sick. Yeah, yeah, I'm a big fan. Yeah, but I mean, working with Twin and like getting to meet the guys as well is just pretty mad. It's actually quite funny. Uh, the first time I saw Craig, the drummer's Instagram profile, I thought he was just a photographer. I thought he was shooting for Twin. I did not realise that he was... He was the drummer. He was the drummer. Have they had twin. the same lineup the whole way through? Or I think so. I think... They're done a three-piece now, though, are they? They used to be four? The, yeah, they, they used to be four 
They're now officially a three-piece, but Barry still plays with the band. Just doesn't isn't involved in the writing process. Yeah, yeah, and isn't like in the the photos and stuff like that. He'll still be in the, like the live shots. I mean, he was like when I was taking them, but I mean, just in the promo picture. Yeah, that. yeah, but I mean, that's probably like the bit that you probably don't want to be in. <laughs> Yeah, know. I guess it's all the hassle and stuff, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Kind of get more free time to go and... I mean, the money's in the live shows now as well, isn't it? Exactly. And, like, touring, touring's probably the best part of music. And uh, he gets to do all that. I mean, he did get to do all that. We'll see how long we have well, to wait, but... I quite like studio. I mean, you must have been in a few studios in your time. There's quite a nice atmosphere in a studio. Oh, yeah, it's good. But, I mean... It's like, a very creative nof- place. Nothing better than, like, a live show. Yeah, must be a lot more chilled out shooting a band in a studio when they're recording compared to... Yeah, I mean, sometimes, unless there's, like, time limits on... What, you get, like, an hour to in. come in and shoot? Or... Yeah, or or for the band themselves, like, if they've only booked, like, a a 10 to 5 slot or something like that, like, it's probably more difficult, but, I, I, like, a year ago, at some point last year, I went down with, um, went down to England with Amber Run, who, like, I was a huge fan of, and still am, but, like, during... Like when I was like seventeen, eighteen, listening to them, so I got to go into the studio when they record their new album. And you do and some pictures and stuff. Yeah, right? just like floated about, hid in the corners, and took some pictures, which was really cool. Did you do that when Yonica were making their album as well? Were you filming bits and bobs as well? I was. I filmed the tour. I didn't film them recording the album because they like self-produced it all themselves. Did they? Yeah, yeah. Like they all did it um, in their little studio in Brighton, which is like unreal because it's a chartered album. So did they produce other bands as well? Or? I think Alex, the bass player in Yonick, is doing stuff, but I don't, I don't really know who with or anything. But I mean, it's pretty cool. And I think they got it mastered by someone else, but it's a good album. Did pretty much everything else. Yeah, it's, yeah. It's a banger. We've spoken about mastering here before because I always find it quite interesting how you can get your album mastered by people who do it like, the nineteen seventy five and everything. Yeah, yeah. It's just like some of the people work with like these mental bands, but then also they're just like. I guess it's kind of like... But they'll do like smaller ones as well. Yeah. Yeah, it's I cool. find it quite funny sometimes that when you get a band that are kind of younger, they get really excited because they're getting like mastered at, you know, Abbey Road or getting mastered by someone yeah. who's done the 1975. It's all just like the name and like persona about something, but it's just the guy doing a job. Like, Yeah. It's, it's like bands it's though, isn't it? It's probably like, less creative and more routine. Yeah, yeah. Like they know they know what they're doing, know what they need You've to look out for. You've got a job and stuff. that you need to go in. It's like editing an interview. Yeah, There's yeah. There's not much creative about about it you just kind of you're going in with some intentions and rules that you've got then to make it as good yeah, as possible exactly. the creative part's kind of done yeah I get it, like I'd find that really difficult having to like edit something that I didn't help create have you ever edited like someone else's photos um, for a band or anything not that I can think of I've made like I've done like video stuff with clips done by other people have you found that I just found it really boring because of like I think the way that I I try and film stuff like more emotional and like more atmospheric and stuff. So to watch so like go through someone else's content is a bit difficult because you don't you don't know about it and you don't like remember how you felt or like that don't remember everything about it when you were filming it. So it's a bit different. Do you have a routine for like your edit and your own pictures and stuff though? It's kind of like. Do you have? Well, I, I mean, mean you, maybe you do for a particular band. Do you like you have a certain aesthetic yeah, you want so to make like, for them? So I've I've created like since starting I've like kind of worked on a preset. So for certain bands I use like certain presets, but then um, yeah, you kind of just like apply the preset, then make a few adjustments and things like that. Yeah. What sort of stuff are you adjusting? Just depending on like just the, like depends on the lighting and everything like that, and also like if a band wants to use like certain colors and things like that more than others so like twin are really running with the, like the red blue and green theme that's like their album like colors i like so, it when bands do that and they're like an aesthetic that they yeah run with and go with it works really well so that was like what i was really trying to push but it benefited because they had their own lighting show and stuff so the main lights were red uh blue and green which are like three of the most brutal colors to shooting so it wasn't that beneficial for me but it may <laughs> i guess it made the photo editing a bit better to match their like style and stuff like that, yeah. But then I guess if it's like just shooting a live band like for a one-off, I've kind of like created my own aesthetic, and then like I just apply presets I've made and then edit it a bit depending on the lighting and stuff like that, yeah. Yeah. What do you, are you Premiere? You, uh, yeah, I on? use I use Lightroom for editing photos and then Premiere Pro for videos. Yeah. Getting your sixty days free with, with yeah. 
Yeah, I know that. That's. I saw someone share it online, so then I was like, I've got to do it. So I went, did it. It was fairly easy, but then felt like I don't know, like that person might not be able to reach, like two or three people that didn't I I could reach like. He could only reach maybe English photographers, so I could share it up here and like get Scottish yeah. people to save some I've money. I've seen, though. yeah, I've seen a lot of kind of like Rosie who shoots book club and all that. So yeah, yeah, Rosie like School. That. Yeah, she shared it. But yeah, there's like a few, a few people. Yeah, a few people have like said like thanks so much. But I mean, I didn't do anything. I just like reshared. So it's like it's not me giving them sixty three days. You need to get some commission. Yeah, I wouldn't mind that, <laughs> especially now more than ever. It's like Adobe, please. <laughs> But yeah, uh, like, yeah, like, I guess that's, like, incredible from a company like Adobe to offer. I know it's, like, we don't know how long this is going to go for, but, I mean... 60 days is a pretty good... 60 days, yeah. I mean, I've saved... You can save, like, 100 quid, basically, which is a lot currently when, you're not, when you've when you got no income. How's things coming with the prints as well? Uh, they're coming soon. Hopefully, when this goes out, it'll be live. I think the main difficulty at the minute is trying to get hold of people... To make sure it's okay for me to use them, I'm contacting every bad to make sure it's all right for me to. Are sell you finding response rates maybe like a little bit slower at the minute, or? Yeah, definitely. Uh, I mean, that's like, I mean, they're probably, I'm I'm contacting fairly like busy people anyway on day to days. So like, yeah, to contact them now more than ever when they're probably having to go through like payment of staff or like cancellations trying to reschedule and shows and everything yeah, everyone's stressed out to fucking like the last thing they want to do is like email a photographer like we're the last people people want to contact anyway so I mean doing it now is probably not the not the thing that they're thinking about but I've had a fair amount of responses and like a lot of the people have managed to contact the bands directly like people like Poets and Retro and um, St. Phoenix and stuff like that have all been like super supportive for it Usually I'm really against selling prints because of once you shoot a band and if they're paying you to it's shoot It's kind them, of their image, I guess, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, it's their property. And um, for me to try and make money off something that they've already paid for, I find it's a bit cheeky in like a normal a normal situation. But I mean, at the minute, I've got no source of income now. So like... What actually is the print itself? So it's just like a... A physical copy of a photo. Just gonna put it on like shiny glass paper. Yeah, yeah, Yeah. basically. So I mean, it's like it's a good thing to uh, have up hanging in your. I've got a few photographs, not prints, but like photographs up on the wall, like physical kind of. Yeah, it's it's basically the same. It's the same thing, but it's blown up to a bigger scale. Yeah, yeah. So like the kind of size that I'm looking at now is like twelve by eight, which is kind of just a bit similar to an A4 piece of paper. But then, Decent size. yeah, it's it's good. But then I'm looking at like maybe trying to do like A3 and stuff as well. But the problem Get is life size. Yeah, life size. Problem is though, it's like uh, is that just the cost things? But then you can also be like the problem is how long are these print stores going to be open for? Like how long Man, are postmen yeah. going to be like delivering stuff? Like, I don't know this. So then, do you think it's going to get worse before it gets better? Hundred percent, and it's scary. It's like I wonder what the long term implications of it are as well. Like even when bands return, if no one has any money, who's going to be looking for new press shots and all that? Yeah, exactly. And people are probably going to be scared of uh, scared of going to like live shows. So live shows are probably going to be on hold for a little while, like going into like busy areas and stuff like that. But I mean, yeah, gotta stay positive. Maybe maybe people when it when it all blows over, like maybe people will be like, "Fuck, I really miss going to gigs." Like, what if it never blows over? Stuck with coronavirus constantly for the rest of our lives. <laughs> Classic Alex. <laughs> nah, go be positive, man. It's it's, yeah. it's a shit situation, but if we can, like, at least and... everyone's in it together. Yeah, exactly. It'd be better than if it's yeah than it was just one person, you know. Yeah, yeah, hundred percent. Like, think the fact that everyone's going through it and everyone's dealing with the, all the negative stuff at the same time is better than just you going through it yourself. Yeah. Have you had a lot of folk reach out, or a few people have like asked how I'm doing and like. But I guess like I'm not I'm not looking for that I'm not looking for like sympathy because of everyone else is going through the same thing like we just said yeah. so it's kind of like I mean who is safe from this is there anyone that's safe from this or? the rich <laughs> wow but I mean I I say that I mean the only reason why they're a bit safer than uh, well anyone with money saved up is could be a bit safer than someone who doesn't I mean most of us aren't going to have enough money to pay like 
rent three yeah, months in ahead. Exactly. Like anyone in our situation and then mainly like people in music, like we're not doing it for the money. Like I've never set out to do like a tour or anything for the money. So yeah, I'm not exactly like the super like in a super great situation at the minute. But I mean yeah, I mean people who have money saved up will be able to like go and buy all the food they need and sit in house for like a month or however long. You but done I mean, you done this stop pound, you got yourself some, some tin no, goods. I'm lucky that my flatmate works at Tesco. So, so just been I feel it? like I'm gonna try and like bargain with him and see if he can like get the first dibs on toilet roll and <laughs> pass what, what is the current toilet roll situation? When is it coming back? What for in my flat or in, in, in life? In I'm, life. I'm currently down to five rolls and I'm starting to panic. Well, we were down to like four pieces of roll. What do you mean <laughs> for, four pieces? Like four, four little sheets. four sheets, yeah. And I was like bricking it, but uh, he came quite, quite literally. Yeah, quite literally. Yeah, I was like trying to find a coffee shop that. No, I'm kidding. Uh, <laughs> going in all the pubs. <laughs> yeah, just no one steal, else is in the pubs. That just going in stealing and rolls. No, he uh, he came through with a bag of like a bag of sixteen. So we're we're good for a few days. <laughs> That's you, sorry. Yeah, I know. But no, um, I haven't, I think I'm not... For a few days. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you got to that late. <laughs> no, I think, I'm, um, about, I'm currently about five seconds behind. Yeah. <laughs> no, I think I've not really stockpiled, but at the same time, like, I'm doing that out of hope that I don't have to. But then also, like, yesterday we were queuing in Tesco, like, there was a huge queue in Tesco to get in and then to like pay for stuff so that kind of freaked me out a little bit and made it a bit more real than maybe some of the, the photos and videos and stuff from folk stories like in Edinburgh kicking them and there's just nothing left oh yeah it was Liam's story the other day actually I saw yeah yeah like, he was like in the middle and it's just yeah nothing. there's like no toilet roll no bread no um, like he was in the freezer section there was no oh, really? food left yeah. oh yeah there was just uh, Hawaiian pizzas <laughs> or something like that I think it was pineapple yeah yeah god frozen pineapple and that's just, it yeah it's scary but I mean to see how it goes I mean things are still open at the minute so I think if but no one's like no one can go out yeah have you been mostly staying in or what have you been up have you been trying to get out and like I, I was trying to look at things where it's kind of like you you want to stay in as much as possible I mean you want to stay away from like crowded areas as much as possible but I mean there's nothing stopping you I guess like going out for walks like getting fresh air and stuff like that but at the same time like I don't know if I should be doing that. Until they like, run the military in the streets. Yeah, yeah. But I mean, that's what I mean. It's like, are we, can we do that? Are we allowed to do that? Should we be doing it? Like, I don't know. I don't think it's healthy to stay inside. I get I get cabin day. fever in like a f- after like a few hours. So I normally like, go out at night. That's when I kind of... Yeah. It's quiet. There's no one kicking about. Yeah, that's... Yeah, might do that. We went... I went down to Portobello Beach yesterday. At night, one in the morning. Oh, no. I went at like 10, so it was fairly busy. But I mean, I say fairly busy. It was nowhere near as busy as it usually is. So yeah, I mean, when we were out on what was it Saturday night, and we were sitting yeah, yeah. on TV, and it was just it was dead. There was yeah. like no one there. They and kind of busied up a wee bit, but it was yeah, but odd. they closed. <laughs> yeah, they closed it early as well because it yeah. was so quiet. Which is mad. Saturday night in Edinburgh in the student union, like just weird. It's not good. It's not good at all. Oh well. On a more positive matter, it's white cord. What's what's yes. going on there? Cause you got an, have you been formulating the idea for white cord in your mind the last time we spoke? Yeah, I mean, I, I've wanted to do it for years, really. Why now then? Why was the time now um, to launch? Well, launched it in January, kind of like pre-planned it all in November, December. But it was kind of like, obviously, uh, I'm in my I'm in my last year of uni, so it's kind of a. It was a, it's a unit that we have to do for honours project where you have to kind of set up a business and like run it and a lot of people are doing like publishing or like syncs and stuff like that, promotion companies and I was just like well this is finally like an opportunity to do band management which I really wanted to do but also at that time I had found one act, Cameo Habitat, that I, would, I was like I loved them but as a photographer the only thing I can do is like make sure they can acknowledge me and then hope that they ask for a photo shoot rather than me like approaching them because I never do that but it's like kind of waiting for them whereas and did they get in touch and say nah still haven't asked (laughs) (laughs) but I mean it doesn't matter because if now like I approached them about um about managing them because I could and I had a reason to yeah 
but then I think they had a fair bit of interest at the same time and from I, other yeah I, I think they've had they've been approached in the past by a couple of people as well but they never really went through with it or things kind of fell through and then I went and met Rowan and Oscar we just went for a coffee and a chat and it was kind of like it wasn't like me being like let me manage you it was more just getting to know them and chatting to them and then kind of pitch the idea of like me helping them rather than like labeling it as management which i mean were they responsive rather quickly straight away yeah they, they they were keen for it straight away which was good yeah it was pretty like it was cool it felt it felt good as well because of at the minute like i've only really dabbled in management like once or twice and like they were all very short stints and like i wouldn't even call it management i'll call it like helping helping friends out kind of so uh, i mean you kind of managed retro before they got picked up by proper management didn't you again that was kind of like just helping out like probably learned a bit from it though oh 100 even just like everything they've gone through like and since like starting being a band or me starting being involved with them kind of felt like i was uh was like a fifth member and kind of like giving my opinion or like i mean you've been there for a long time two and a bit years now yeah I've been from a living room to a thousand people. Or we still need to get that story done for the zine. Yeah, I know. Or the website now, whatever ends yeah. up coming. Yeah, can you do zines now? <laughs> no, yeah. one, no one bought them before the pandemic. Don't yeah. know if anyone will buy them after. <laughs> but no, it's just kind of like, I would say that was kind of like helping out or like at least just trying to like give an opinion on stuff. And then I would say the kind of same with like Fabric Bear, kind of help them a little bit, but more as just like a mate. Yeah, and then there was a there was a project for a little while from the guys, two guys in what was Stop the Rain, who are a Vera now. They were very good on Friday night. Yeah, unreal. One like, of the last shows we'll probably see for a while. Yeah, but... I know. It's a big shame, but I mean, good way to end it. That dancing table show was absolutely that was insane. Mental. How were those? I mean, those two dates must have been. They're two of the best. They, I would say that's possibly the best show I've seen at Marsh House. As in, like, from I mean, crowd the whole the whole bottom floor was bouncing. That bit yeah. at the end when they get everyone to go down. Yeah, I mean, that's yeah, I mean, kinda, everyone was down. Yeah, that's kind of like such an easy thing to do, and like a lot of bands do it. Apart from but, the old lady at the back. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> this is the classic parent <laughs> sitting at the back. But I mean, I don't know if the the old lady looked a bit like. Yeah. Maybe going like, down maybe on the going floor down wasn't a good idea. Couldn't get back up. <laughs> but no, like that it was it was unreal, and it's definitely the best show that I've seen in Aberdeen. I've not done many, but. I mean, that one and when they played with Catfish as well in, in Aberdeen, that's like unreal. But yeah, the boys in Avira did a project called Future First Hand and we only did two shows and they were good. They were like really good shows, released a couple of tunes and that was like a lot of fun. But then they kind of, that was when they started getting management interest and things. So then went and um, focused on Stop the Rain and now Avira at the time, which was probably a smart move. But yeah pretty gutted that finished but then how long ago was that uh that was 2018 yeah 2018 not long ago yeah no so i mean the project lasted about four or five months but i mean i think they were, they were planning on it for quite a while but things were like getting the right recordings and things done it took a while but um they were really good really class the tunes are still out so you can have a listen if you want what was the name just future first hand really i'll make a note of this in the edit they're, they're like proper like poppy kind of Avira are kind of more pop rock I guess aren't they yeah I feel like it's more more music that Blair and Kyle and Sam like want to play but they maybe felt like they couldn't but Avira yeah, yeah. I feel like Stop the Rain was like it was good but watching them on stage now compared to the past it's like they just look so much more happier they're very like, happy after that show as well yeah yeah they're buzzing and I feel like they're all just like they're they're the people they wanted to be but felt like maybe they couldn't at the time and just like it's proper like it's so good to see because like i've known them for a while now and so good to see them actually like enjoying it and doing well as well how did we go on to that oh, we're talking about that's management about, yeah yeah we? so white cord yeah oh yeah management and promotions that's kind of the thing i'm doing i'm managing two bands um well a band and an artist cameo habitat and a girl called Naomi Munn as well. And then trying to host shows, but I mean, a bit, bit of a standstill there at the minute. <laughs> yeah. But yeah. yeah. It remains to be seen what will happen in regards to... Yeah. Actually having to postpone the 
cameo headline at Sneakies today, like the announcements out today, which is a big shame because of the tune that they've got coming out, Reside, comes out at midnight tonight as Good well. Tune. Thank you. I mean, on behalf of the boys, well, I thank mean, you. <laughs> I did nothing, but... <laughs> but um, Do you not even contribute anything to the middle eight? No, no. Not even a line in the middle eight? I don't know. Rowan didn't give me the chance. Maybe next time. But, it's a good song, right? Yeah, it, unbelievable. And that's all I said as well. Like I was a fan of them before getting involved, and I think that's crucial. Like, like I would go, I would pay and go and watch them and go and like just enjoy being yeah, definitely. there. And they've come a long way live-wise as well. Yeah. Because I saw them supporting Parley Ammo yeah. Yeah. last year, yeah. and comparing that to Dancing on Tables was quite a... I think they just have a bit more confidence, and I don't know if that's like me coming in and giving them a bit of a boost. Like, you could not send me being the reason, but like. You're quite good at. Um, I was going to say sorting them out. I don't know if that's the. Well, kind of keeping them organised. They mentioned the, that in the interview they did with you, though. Like. Uh, yeah, I suppose I can. <laughs> yeah. Like, um, just kind of making them realise that they're not just like there to play everything and anything, like putting value to themselves. And like just kind of like bigging them up and making them a bit more confident with themselves. I mean, they've done really well streaming wise already. Yeah, yeah, like it's unbelievable, and hopefully Reside can do the same. As like, if it flops, all eyes will be on Rory Barnes. Yeah, I mean, the last three tunes have been class, so I'm a bit worried about this one. Did but, you do the? Do you have to let the, you did the promo push and everything for it. Or? Yeah, yeah, we kind of like we didn't, we didn't like swamp social media with promo. I feel like if you overdo it with some things like people will lose interest straight away. Did you send out like a lot of blogs and all that jazz? Yeah, I mean... How much do you... How much, this is actually a question for someone on the opposite end of the side. Yeah. How much do you think a blog writing a review of a tune actually... I think... Do you think it only works if a lot of little blogs do it? Or? Yeah, I think it's like the the audience that... If the blogs... The blogs are right if it's the right audience for you. Like if it's yeah. a huge audience to a blog, but like... Like um, Cameo are like a shoegazy kind of band, but if they're like getting reviewed by some like heavy metal blog, like it's not going to be that beneficial to them. Whereas if they're getting reviewed by like a small like indie blog that loves like new tunes and stuff like that, that would be so much more beneficial. It kind of just depends on what audience you're trying to do. And I kind of realized that when I was emailing people, I was like, actually, like that is a big blog, but will it be beneficial or would like. I tried to get in contact with some big magazines and stuff like that. Just through doing like photography, I've managed to like earn those contacts. But I also felt like maybe if we did get a feature or anything like that, it would just be swamped over. You by, like, don't want to stuff. do it too early either, do you? Yeah, exactly. I mean, they're what they four singles in. How old are they? Like eighteen, nineteen? Yeah, like they they're all just gone into first year of uni, so all just like kind of eighteen. So it's like it's always trying to find the right stuff. time to. Yeah, hit. I feel like. They, they were a band for about a year and a bit before I got involved. And I feel like this is kind of like, I don't want to sound arrogant about it, but like I feel like this is like them restarting as a band and like properly going for it. Like the plan is to like play Sneaky Pete's as a headliner and then never have to go back unless it's kind of something that Indigo Velvet like or Retro a, did. Where like they, a Larkins. Yeah, well, yeah. Like a support. Like well, you could, some you know, decent, good bands. Yeah, play yeah. Sneakies, obviously. Yeah, unless it's like a show that can offer value, but I feel like, I feel like they're bigger than a Sneaky Pete's band at the minute, especially, especially in Edinburgh. You don't want to get stuck in that rut either. It's very easy for bands to just play Sneakies constantly for like three years, Definitely. and then suddenly you really haven't progressed. Yeah, you know, three years and that's a very Edinburgh thing as well. I feel like a lot of bands kind of like float around Sneaky Pete's because it's a statement venue, but also the the jumps are quite large. They're pretty significant, like. It's not like yeah. uh, you can go to a venue that are like is like you don't we don't have like a many broadcast kind of things. yeah yeah like Glasgow has a venue like that goes up a hundred or like fifty every kind of jump whereas Edinburgh goes like Sneakies then Opium then Mash House then maybe Caves yeah and like that's a huge venue I mean that's the same problem with Aberdeen as well is you you have an eighty cap venue and you have a three hundred cap venue yeah and it's and, weird yeah. for the bands doing headlines because no one wants to headline the eighty cap venue. Before you know it, stomach's rumbling. <laughs> Before you know it, you've you've headlined all the venues in Aberdeen. Yeah, yeah, and then, but then where do you go from there? Yeah, but then it's like making them, especially someone like a band in Aberdeen will find it really difficult by by like trying to come down and like like come down south and like playing Glasgow or Edinburgh. Like 
they'll, they'll, they might be able to sell 300 tickets up in Aberdeen, but they might only be able to sell like three tickets in Glasgow. Yeah. So it's, it's tricky. Yeah. I think it's, it's difficult for the bands to even get like in the room and be given that opportunity. 100%. Like there are bands in Aberdeen that, how much to say but there are bands in Aberdeen who are good bands very good bands yeah and they just come down and they just give, give them the shit of support slots yeah. and it's but it's just that's just based on like just based on perception and like people might be a bit like uh, oh it's a band from Aberdeen we'll just put them on first because they're not from Glasgow rather than basing it on like talent they're basing it on ticket sales and stuff even then though like I know a band that did a show with a big promoter and they sold in Glasgow and Aberdeen man, and they sold like 35 tickets for it yeah but then we're never given an opportunity again off the back of that. And they yeah. were quite frustrated by it because like, we've been given the opportunity to show you we can sell tickets. We've sold 35. Why aren't we getting... Why aren't we getting given more? Why are we just being given like the same... Yeah. But I guess with that as well, it's like maybe they're waiting to offer them like... A, a sports that's right for them. Like a, yeah, like a good show rather than just every other show. It's about finding the balance with everything, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. You, you need... I guess it's like everything with coronavirus. You need to look at the positives and like try and make it positive rather than doubt yourself or like look at the negative things in every situation. Yeah, I feel like that's something I'm trying to. That was like my 2020. Stay positive. Yeah, just what, like what look were at your the uh, your three goals this year? Because I know you said you always set three goals at the start of a year. Oh god! Right. So the first the first one I've done, which is cool, and that was to do of like a full European tour. You did that with St. Phoenix. I did that with St. Phoenix in February, and that was really cool. Just in time. <laughs> yeah, I know. Just just before everything happened. The next one was, like, I wanted a tour, like, an academy tour in the UK, like, kind of, like, venues over a 1,000. Which you almost which did. Which could have... Which was supposed which was to happen. Which basically, basically going to happen with Twin, but obviously they had to pull the tour, which, which was gutting, but, I mean, it's done in the right way, and, like, they had to do it. So, I mean... That it it shit, but I mean it had to happen, and there was nothing I could do about it. It wasn't like I didn't work hard enough to get it. And you you've got your you're in the room now, you know. Yeah, exactly. And they know who I am. And they've you get along well with them. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Like they're lovely guys, and at least I had like those two shows to prove that I can do it. Yeah. And then I don't know the third one actually. Oh. <coughs> oh God. What was that, Rory? Oh God, the coronavirus. No, I hope not. <laughs> I've been sitting in a room with you for the last 40 minutes, I yeah, hope not as well. No, uh, what was the third one? I can't remember off the top of my head. Shoot swim school. Yeah, what, yeah, no, done that already as well. Actually, that was shot on, uh, I only did video at the headline. You did a few photos, didn't you? Was yeah, a few nice ones. a few sneaky ones, yeah. Were you under strict instructions to behave? Yeah, well they had, they, they've got their own photographer, so... It's very good. God, I need water. I'm dying. <coughs> Do you want to go get a water? For yeah. One second. <laughs> Aye, so what was the stuff you filmed at the swim school headline for? Um, so we're actually about to go and do a little video now. So it's kind of just like a recap of the night. So I've done it. It's kind of like the videos that I've been doing for uh, St. Phoenix and like Twin and... Quite. Uh, like snappy yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the type of thing, but also we're trying to like run with the theme. So I I made a little video for how it should be when they went to the studio. And I like that actually. Yeah. Thank you. Well, it was like I I filmed it and edited it, and then Alice actually made the the oh. audio for it, which is really cool. So I don't know what we're doing with audio actually for this one. Maybe just keep the the live stuff, but it's kind of just like a little recap. I mean, we probably would have done it sooner, but I was away. Yeah. Did you so, did you not shoot the chemistry video as well, or parts of that, or what was the, the chemistry one? retro? Oh, that was at Liquid Rooms, wasn't it? Yeah. Uh, I shot so with retro, we kind of do like vlogs, so it's just like a little bit of a lead up to the day, and then a lead up to the show, and then the live show, and then kind of the end of it. Have you ever watched but, uh, the Art Monkeys like two vlogs, two videos? No, nah, no, they're funny. They're good. I, I can imagine Liam quite enjoying yeah. doing them. I think, like, St. Phoenix do a thing called, like, St. Phoenix TV, where they just kind of, like, muck around and... The Art Monkeys ones are funny. It's like Matt Helder is kind of playing... Matt Helder is always the one who does the talking. Yeah. Kind of playing up the camera and, like, introducing and speaking about stuff. And he's just... He's quite a funny guy. Yeah. There's just... A lot of it's obviously kind of put on, but some funny stuff in it. I think that stuff, like, that's, like, such good content for bands to have, like, behind-the-scenes sort of things. 
like we need I need to do that more with other bands like we did it did it with Yonica a little bit on their tour like this time last year but um now the the chemistry one was shot by a friend of theirs who's in uni I did like a vlog for that day but yeah well you did the strip that night in thing as well didn't you with the strings yeah yeah that was shot in 45 aside yeah it was class it was amazing it was like uh Paul did the recording of it like the audio for it and then I just did like a one take video which is tough <coughs> um, oh god oh man oh. oh no it'll be fine don't worry I've had this for like today no, uh. no I get this all the time when I'm like kind of nervous but then right, ask that question again <laughs> I can't remember what I asked tell me Rory who is Naomi Mun? <laughs> Uh Naomi is a singer songwriter that's on my on my roster uh, with white cord, she uh, she's seventeen. She is a very new artist. She's kind of like how long has she been putting out? Has she put out a single. She's got she's one put out. One out. Yeah, I've listened it... to her. She's pretty. It's pretty good. Oh, thank you. Um, again, again, thank you on the behalf of her. Um, she yeah, she's put out one song. Was out in July last year, and that's kind of that's how I found her. I I, I stumbled across that tune, and um, yeah, she's kind of like. We kind of use the description of like bedroom pop, like sad girl music. I saw that, yeah. Which I quite like because it's like she's not a sad person; she's like lovely, friendly person. But like the you music, because you say sad girl, but then she's always smiling in all the photos. Exactly, so can't written yourself, mate. But the sad girl part comes from like it's a, it's like a, it's an emotion filled music. It's like some it, of it's a bit heavy, yeah. Yeah, and that's like we she's a big fan of and so am I of um, artists like Snail Mail and Soccer Mummy and stuff like that and that's the kind of vibe that she wants to go for I mean being 17 she's in like high school at the minute and she's doing exams and everything so pretty stressful I imagine yeah so instead of me being like right we need to get the next single out I'm kind of taking like a step back and just being like get that done and get that kind of bit of your life done because that's so important that's like those few months where she I could be pressuring her to be like do these yeah, you would. just want her it's to... pretty fucked when you think about it how your entire life is dependent on someone you do at 17 over the course oh, of oh yeah like I, I fucked my exams up massively but I mean I say I fucked them up I just wasn't very good like I wasn't good at like uh, but if you had school. done them well imagine where you'd be now I wouldn't be doing photography I know that for a fact it's weird to think about you wonder how many people are off doing yeah. that could have done incredible things or off just sitting yeah sitting in, in offices, offices or, I mean so like, you ever I, watched that uh, that short film about John Lennon who he quit the Beatles like in 19 or before they got big oh if he did it so it's a it's a short film yeah about John Lennon and what would have happened had he quit the Beatles before they oh, got big no I've not just Is check it, it out I can't remember the guy who plays him but he's really good at it yeah that's cool I like the it's, it's, it's interesting when you think of like what ifs and stuff like that like I think I didn't get into uni when I applied, and um, I was like proper gutted at the time. But I got to go do some like amazing things on my year off, and like I had none of that planned in in August when we got results. And by September, I was like, I, I, was, I was teaching in Korea, like I went to Korea for six oh, months. Hold hold the <laughs> the bus. I never knew you taught in Korea. What's well, going on here? For I remember you said you went traveling, but you never said you taught in Korea. Yeah, so, uh, so you've got the. Yeah, I've got a tattoo. tattoo. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. So my dad, my dad's a teacher, and one of his ex pupils became a teacher, and he joined like the international teaching circuit. And basically, he was he started a job in South Korea at this school. It's a partner school with North London Collegiate School in London, in London, obviously. But uh, what was the middle word? North London Collegiate. What's collegiate mean? I have no idea. I hope I'm pronouncing it right as well. This NLCS was the name that I saw, and it's in Jeju, which is an island off the bottom of South Korea. Big island or small-ish? Yeah, I mean you can get well, very small actually. You can get from like one side to the other in forty minutes or whatever. Driving or walking? Yeah, driving, definitely driving. We did we did a big like cycle once, and it took us like twelve and a half hours to get around like a quarter of it. <laughs> but, That's bigger, yeah. Yeah, so it's fairly it's it yeah. A decent sized island, but yeah, moderately sized. Island. Yeah, <laughs> when I when I left school, uh, applied for uni, didn't get in. I started looking for jobs in Perth because that's where I'm from originally, and just started to look at stuff like that. 
And one day my dad came through and was just like, oh, I've got an email from this guy who I used to teach. He's, he's a teacher in a school. Um, I think he'd be really good at like being a gap student, sort of like a, like a helpful guy in the school. Uh, so he was just like, you've got an interview at 9am tomorrow, Skype interview. So he was like, just get ready for it. And I was like, well, what am I supposed to do? And he was just like, just be yourself and do it. So then uh, woke up, did the interview. And then a week and a half later, I was on a plane to South Korea for six months. <laughs> what? And I was there for, yeah, six months. It was mad. I spent like Christmas and New Year and stuff in Thailand. And, just like, by yourself? No, no, there's there was Are you, 10 or 11 people Did you there. know anyone else that you were going I know over? I no. didn't even know the guy that like he was telling me. Do you still knew. keep in touch? Or? Yeah, yeah, on and off. Like um, That was like four, six six years ago when I, when I first left. That's mad. I'm so old now. <laughs> but like, this just seems like yesterday, but like, yeah. Wait, how old were you when you went over? I was 18, yeah. Man, 18 and you're going over to... I'd, I'd never never been out of Europe before. I'd been on like little family holidays and stuff like Turkey and things, but never been that far away. And yeah, just went. It's a long way away. Yeah. I'd have been over there when this all kicked off. That would have been horrible. Well, at that time, it was like the whole North Korea, like... Oh, it was sort of like 2014, wasn't it? Yeah. It's when the interview came out. Yeah, Seth yeah. Rogan film. It was like all that horrible shit like was happening there. And like, yeah, I was there. But I mean, it was like being there and like chatting to people about it. They weren't worried because it was just like, it's it just, again, it's normalized. the media. Yeah, yeah. It's just the media like exaggerating stuff, which is, ca- could say that's happening now. I was about to say, didn't the media hype this up? Yeah. I mean, it definitely created a sense of panic in regards to bulk buying and things like yeah, that. Yeah, Definitely. So they created it and now they're complaining about it. But it's like that's the media all over. Yeah, exactly. They it's the same with like look at Enemy who um voted the nineteen seventy five the worst band of twenty fourteen and then proclaimed them the best of the decade yeah. six years later. And it just makes no sense, but I mean that's just people spineless. Yeah, yeah. Just media man. Awful people. <laughs> I'm kidding. Have you look <laughs> at me a job, so I hate when people do you know, the only time I ever get called a journalist is when someone's trying to insult me. Yeah. But people are just jealous that you're doing well. No, the minute not, since all this is kicked off, I've well, been I mean, about doing. Well, I'm the second interview slash podcast you've done today already, so I mean that's pretty beneficial. And the first one was swim school. Yeah, I know. So I mean, it's unfortunate for you. No, I'm kidding. They've had two interviews in the first year of a band. What's yeah. what's going on? Oh, I've had two podcasts in like the last six months. So <laughs> friend of the podcast. I know. I think we should just do it together. We should co-host. <laughs> Come on the podcast and co-host if you want. Get another mic. Well. Oh, that'd be good. That'd be I'd quite like to do that where you have it. You just do the same podcast at the same people, if you know what I mean. Yeah. You just, you just chat about, about different things. Like current guess, events and things. Yeah, I guess you would have to have a news section. Yeah. If you get big enough, you get a question section where people ask you a question. Oh, yeah. I feel like we could do that. We should do that. What a cute... No one would ask any questions. Oh, we could we could put it out to the world and see what comes back. Wait, you've got quite a lot of followers, so you would probably get some questions. I feel like they'd just be like, who is this guy? Who is your co-host? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I went to South Korea, yeah. <laughs> Man. Going back to that, yeah. I thought I told you that. I knew you were in South Korea, but I knew I didn't know you were over there teaching for six months. Yeah. I knew you had a gap. What else do you do the rest of your gap here? Because um, you were off for a year, weren't you? Yeah, my dad runs like a charity project in Kenya as well. So I went there for a month, which is like the classic gap year sort of thing, but... Yeah, I went there for a while. And Did then, you do volunteering or? Yeah, so they, they, they work in a school and they work in an orphanage. So I just did that for a month or like a few weeks and then came back and... What, was like also, just like teaching? Or? Yeah, just like sports and like just like looking after, like like helping around the orphanage, like just doing simple stuff and like... That's good. It's I, like, it was so, so good and it's so rewarding. I can sometimes be a bit iffy on volunteering but I don't like if you're actually like going there and doing something like that yeah where you need a person it's when people like we did a thing or this my school did a thing in their sixth year where they all had to raise like 20 grand each to be able to go over to it was somewhere in South America and I think what they yeah. basically did was they were helping out like building walls and stuff but I was yeah. like surely if you all raised the 20 grand and just gave them the 20 grand instead of using it to travel over there also they had a holiday the week yeah. after they did it I'm like See, we, we it went over and, like, it was a summer camp that you'd run. So it was, like, that, see that, yeah, it was if during you, the break of school, like, we would go in and we, we would help teach and, like... But that's something there's actually a demand for and you actually yeah, need yeah. people to teach. Whereas if you're going over to build 
they were building that, like a wall or something. Yeah. I can't remember what it was, but it's like yeah, surely it's the thing with that be... is like you could look at it and be like, it's great that they're doing it and it's really helpful for the community, I'm sure. But also like, like you said, you could just donate the money and then give the money towards local people who could use it as a job and stuff. Like, yeah, I mean, it it just feels to me a bit like the whole. It just seems a bit entitled to say that you're gonna spend thousands of pounds flying yourself over there to do something. Yeah, that you could pay someone to do and still have money left over to give more. Yeah, you know yeah. I mean? like the money think, would be much better spent. Yeah, definitely. But I mean, like, not to like shit on them doing their volunteering. Like you, like people are wonderful people who can offer like their services to help others. And like, I'm sure that place was like very grateful for them being there. But I mean, it's kind. Of, it's like it's like you said. You've got to use it wisely rather than just doing it to like post a picture with like kids, like on your Instagram. Don't and stuff even like start that. that. Like, I mean just using it as sort of like clickbait it's just like it's a white privilege kind of isn't it yeah 100% and yeah that's why a few people like frowned upon it when they knew that I did it but then when I speak to them and tell them like how much I did yeah I think it's different though because teaching is something that's actually there's a demand for they need teachers yeah I'm not saying that I know like what I'm teaching but it's not but but it's not something that someone there might also be able to do yeah I mean but like also it's like, like somewhere you're putting your skills to use and what you've been taught here yeah, because like, they don't have like as much of an education you're putting that to use whereas if it's building a wall for instance yeah uh, anyone could do that with a bit of instruction and if you're spending five grand to get yourself over there yeah yeah that could be five grand put to better use but yeah I mean and then yeah. going for a holiday after you've also yeah. fundraised for for a week I feel like you feel a bit bitter towards them <laughs> I just I don't know man I knew the type of people that were going on it yeah like, it's like it's fair enough but I mean yeah so yeah I did that <laughs> but but hopefully like more beneficial than just building a wall but uh did that and then just did like odd jobs like I was a labourer for a while a gardener uh, a sports coach in the school that I was at like my dad taught at so yeah just like did loads of stuff and then moved to Edinburgh and here we are and here we are opposite end of travelling around the world we're potentially going to be stuck indoors for the next Forever. foreseeable future <laughs> yeah <clears throat> what are you doing to keep yourself entertained are you you're reading a book you listen to an album I've got I've got a few books that I've been always meaning to like read you're a big reader or no uh, I'm the furthest thing from it what but... do you do when you're on tour then to like entertain edit. yourself is it you... edit and take pictures and then do you never switch off you can't really because of there's there's always stuff to be shot and always stuff to be edited yeah. and then if you are sat about doing nothing, I mean, even when you're home though, can you switch off or? Nah, that's why I'm like finding this really hard. Like, yeah. I'm feeling a bit useless because I'm not editing, but I've also not got anything to edit. So I feel like th- my problem is that I have to justify everything to myself as being something that's worthwhile doing. Yeah, yeah. So I can read a book, but it has to be a book that I feel like I'm going to take something from yeah, yeah. and learn, or it's going to affect me in some way so that you I find read, valuable. Like, theory books and autobiographies and stuff like that. I like autobiographies. Was it non-fiction? A fiction is f- made-up stuff. Fiction, sorry. But then, because I, mean, I quite like I writing as well, I can read, like if I'm writing very cathartic, so if I read something that I feel like is going to benefit me in that way, I can do it. But I tend to read a lot like classic kind of... Yeah. If I'm going for fiction, I'll read classic stuff, and if I'm going for non-fiction, it tends to be books about musicians or stuff yeah. like that. A lot of mine are like just uh, like music stories and stuff like that. Like, that's what's at the minute, but then, don't know, I quite like the whole, like, kind of, like, thought, like, books about helping you with, like, mental health or, like, being your better person sort of thing. I quite like the idea of that. It's probably going to go into Waterstones before it shuts and buy a few books. <laughs> Waterstones, I like a good bookshop. Yeah. The I've never really, I've really got into nice. self-help books. I think they're really, I read one last summer, and that, that was probably the last book I actually read, and it was just kind of like... Which okay. one was it? Oh, again, I can tell you. I'll send you send you a picture of it. Thanks. But it was kind of like um, it's a book about like how you can help organize yourself and how it like just say like, organizing and like overthinking like is such a big thing that I do and it's such a negative thing you can do. So it's like trying to like yeah. manage your overthinking to make it a positive rather than a negative. And then obviously it's all about like positivity, which is why I was like this year I like need to look at things positively rather than make everything negative that's my problem I'm quite a negative my outlook on the world is probably quite my, mine can be really negative if I'm like just in a bad mood 
but then also like last year when I was like away touring and stuff my I would always think about the negative so like rather than like oh I'm getting to go to these places it was always like oh I'm going to be away from this I'm going to be away from that whereas it's like it's a new need for yeah you have well, to do the I mean, when you get back and stuff yeah I would always think about the catching up rather than oh I can do it when I'm away it must be pretty heavy on the workload like you go on tour and you're working hard and then you come back and suddenly you've got to yeah I'm just trying to balance it work. like like if if I if I do have some free time, it'll be spent trying to do the uni work. But I mean, I'm doing it on music business. And I'm working in music business, so it kind of like it works it's together. Well. Yeah, yeah. So like, a lot of like the stuff that I'm learning is kind of stuff that I'm learning on the job as well. So it's like it's kind kind of experience. <laughs> yeah, it's I valuable. Always, I always tell that to the uni when I'm away <laughs> for like the whole time. But yeah, yeah. I mean, you must you probably learn more being away on tour than you do being at uni. Yeah, I mean, there's nothing better than experience to learn. Yeah. I think I think the lecturers aren't always that happy about me being away, but then are you someone who learns from doing though? As yeah. Opposed to, yeah. Well, that's that's like me going back to me not getting to uni first time round. That's just like you're not someone who can sit down and revise. Nah. I'm not sure that's a positive way to learn either. It's a memory test. It's not like what you know. It's like how well you can remember things. And, and I think there's a lot. More, you find a lot of these people often that are good at that don't off always have much common sense and they're yeah. gonna fall down in other well, areas like, perhaps. Because no yeah. one's good at everything. Yeah, exactly. Apart from one of my pals from back home was always good there's at everything. There's always one guy, isn't there? He was or good girl, at it. But there's always like one person that's like uh, class at sport and then also like a really good singer or like really musical, but he drama. Couldn't, and... He couldn't sing. He was, I don't think, actually, he probably wasn't that creative. Because uh, he was, actually, really yeah, he wasn't because we had to do creative writing and stuff in English. He fell down because he was just, I'd, he I'd, was very like well, set. Well, my, my best friend from school was the ducks or whatever so like he got the best grades in the year he like never didn't get an a star or an a in his exams and then he was also like pretty decent at sport he could play piano and everything like that couldn't sing like i heard him saying he couldn't sing but like i guess you can learn to sing though yeah but he was also like such a sociable guy and like such a good guy and i was just like i don't trust people who are completely outgoing though well, I found me and him were like we were we're fairly opposite, but we got on, and that's why it worked. But then, look at him now. I mean, he was planning to move to Singapore and stuff, so I don't know if that's gonna happen. But like, look at him now, and he's doing like this big career. But he always tells me how like jealous he is of me, with because he always wanted to do stuff like creative, but mm. he was just so clever that he couldn't like go to waste. That's I'd, a bit of a shame, though. Yeah, but then also like he loves his job, and well, well, as long as he's happy. Exactly, I think he's on top of the world, especially if he gets to move to Singapore. But I mean, that could happen. Maybe not right now. Yeah, maybe in the future. But I mean, yeah, he's smashing it as well. Yeah. What were the the three books that you had to read? I, I was interested. You said you had a few books lying about that you've been meaning to uh, get to. One is uh, about the guy who used to manage Alice Cooper. It's like super something. I can't remember the name, but it's basically the story about how this guy who I've started reading it already, and basically. He fronted, he pretended that he was a music manager to sell drugs, right? So he was skinned and he started, and he was in this hotel and he walked into people, he walked into like a room where two people were having sex or like walked to a sunbed and two people were having sex. He was like, oh my God, I'm so sorry. Next day he realized one of the guy was Jimi Hendrix. <laughs> and then he was in this motel. As you do. Yeah, exactly. And he was staying in this motel where basically all these famous people would stay. All these musicians and everything, and because it was a good hideaway, or oh, I don't even know. It was maybe just like a good spot to relax or something. No one would find you there. Yeah, and basically, he started managing Alice Cooper as a front to sell drugs, and now he's like one of the most famous people in music management. And I can't remember his name. <laughs> There's that one, and then I can't. One's about coca-cola and like the marketing campaign around coca-cola when it started that sounds interesting yeah i've had that for like three years and i just never touched it <laughs> and then i can't remember the other one. Oh, it's like do you tend to oh do you, you always get around to things or like if you buy something will you get around to reading that book at some point or do they ever well, I mean, say completely now, untouched? now's the point isn't it <laughs> yeah Nah, I, like sometimes i'll like read a blurb of a book or like hear good things and buy it because i'll be like i want to read and then i just like get halfway through and then stop but that's more of like a time thing rather than like not wanting to finish it. But yeah, I think hopefully over this current like period, however long it is, I'll be able to smash out a few books. <laughs> yeah. Well, we might catch up in 
another couple of months and we'll still be sitting inside in isolation. Yeah, yeah. I'll just stay here <laughs> for the next few months. We can just keep releasing podcasts. <laughs> cool. But yeah, cheers, man. Appreciate you coming by. Thank you for having me. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.